Hi, and welcome to Profoundly. I'm your host, Pips Taylor, and this podcast harnesses the wisdom of a one-of-a-kind global community. Profoundly is for women who want to grow, learn, connect, and thrive. Each week, I'll be chatting to industry leaders and experts in our network. We'll be giving you a taster of what Femme Foundry is all about, and I'll be joined by guests to discuss burning issues for us today and sharing their life experience and inspiring us to just be. Fem Foundry is a one-stop digital space for anyone who identifies as a woman to connect, learn, unite and belong freely on their own terms. With this podcast, we'll be bringing our leaders to you, sharing industry expertise, personal stories and advice to help you navigate every element of your life, from the professional to the very personal. No jargon, no filters, just open, honest conversation. This is real talk about the issues that affect real women, along with expert guidance, informed analysis and honest discussion. You are very welcome here. If you want to just listen, we hope that you'll find something to inspire, educate, challenge or spark your curiosity. And if you want to join the debate, connect with our guests or find out more by adding your voice to our global community at Fem Foundry, our doors are always open. We're here to start the conversation, but we're hoping you'll be the ones to finish it. Welcome to the club. Now, you may have seen this week's guest bearing all on his Instagram page to encourage us to be a bit more open and vulnerable. Ben Bidwell, aka The Naked Professor, is a life coach, speaker, writer, podcaster and advocate for mental health awareness. Ben is a former tech entrepreneur who's made it his mission to strip away the masks of masculinity and mental health, encouraging us all to be more open, honest and connected to our emotions. He's also the founder of HeartSpace, an online community offering a platform for connection, education and growth. Now, to mark Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, he's here to talk to Profoundly about we need to break down the stigma around mental health for men and women and the role of social media in starting difficult conversations and how we can all learn to become our most authentic selves. Ben, welcome to Profoundly. I'm really excited that you're on Profoundly this week. Ben is also known as the Naked Professor. He is a mindset coach, a writer, a speaker and a fellow podcaster. And he's our very first special guest for Profoundly, who is male, uh, which I'm really excited by because I think it's so important that we have men's voices and we hear men's points of view as much uh, as for women. And you're a great supporter of women. So it's a real uh, pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Um, So Ben, your work really kind of focuses on changing the stigma around mental health and masculinity. Uh, And your message is a really powerful one because you've kind of very much gone through your own transformation to get to where you are today. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've arrived at where you are? Where do I start? I mean, look, it's an honour to have these conversations, first and foremost. It really is. I mean, that this, these conversations are what light me up. I am a massive supporter of, of women, um, probably because I undervalued the feminine energy. So that, that And that applies not only to women, but the feminine energy in men, too, for so long. Um, in fact, as a man, I, I believe there wasn't feminine energy in me, or, or I just believed that it wasn't applicable to me. You know, I, I'm, there was so much pain inside that I just didn't know about. Just I say pain, emptiness you know, which is painful. It's because it's kind of a nothing. And, um, you know, that pain has really been a source of me to really tap into this and and to connect with my feminine, 
connect with it. The aspect of me that I buried for so long that I denied was me because I didn't think it's who I should be as a man. Um, and now I've realized that that is my authenticity. That is my beauty. That is what makes me the person I am. So I guess I'm here now to help other people just explore who they really are, not who they learn to be, but who they really are. I find that really interesting because, you know, you talk, you talk about feminine energy and can you just sort of define what you mean by that for for you and what that looks and feels like? In as simple terms as I can, I, the feminine energy to me represents the, the physical body, the, the, the energy that I feel inside of me. So as a man, as a masculine man, the way I lived was very much in my head. Everything was rational, logical, worked out. It was all like thoughts, thinking. The feminine for me is very much about dropping into beneath the thoughts and feeling into what, what I am as a person, um, emotion, feelings, um, more flow. Uh, and that for a rational masculine mind is very hard to get your head around because it doesn't make sense. You know, like even intuition doesn't make sense. Whatever, show me the science is the masculine. And there was no flow to me. There was no connection to my emotions. I couldn't feel. I disconnected from all outside. And my life was just one big kind of program of thought. You said that you were drawn to kind of toxic behaviours previously. And now you're more of like an open soul. And as you said, you're really in touch with your emotions. What was it that awakened you? What was it that made you think, I have to do something about this and I need to feel different? So my journey started around sex. Okay. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't have done any work really if it wasn't for the fact that like I struggled to orgasm was my story. And uh, so I, I worked with a coach. She was a hypnotherapist on the basis that I thought she was going to turn me into some kind of sex guru. Um, and I was going to learn all these new tricks and, and it was going to make me like have a different experience sexually. If she told me like, Ben, I'm going to I'm going to drop you into your emotions. You're going to strip away the masks of who you think you should be and all this stuff. Did it obey your soul? And fortunately, she didn't pre-warn me with that stuff. Although she knew she was going to do that work, we just went in on the on the precursor that I was going to be working around sex. And bit by bit, like I remember about a month or two months into to working with her, I was sending a, a letter to my mum telling her how much I loved her. And I'd never told her I loved her, really. Like we were close, we were connected, but I couldn't express that level of vulnerability for me, what I perceived as vulnerability. And you're right, it's a real vulnerability and also being open and, sh and sharing something like that and also having the courage to actually act upon it and do something about it and do something differently. It's such an important point because this, this is it. Like when I did that, it did feel good inside of me and it was kind to me at a deep level. In my head, in that rational masculine energy that I talked about, I was like, who even are you? So I had to overcome this rational thoughts of all this structure of who I should be and drop into this sense that you just talked about, I think this is so important, that said, actually, I do love my mum and I'm glad that she knows that because that is my truth. Beneath all the nonsense in my head, that is my truth. But a lot of your work is you encourage more men to open up and connect with their emotions. Like, How can we encourage men to do that? Because... You know, even just talking from my own experience of living and well, my husband, who's amazing and he's, you know, ex-army and he is very masculine and he's not very in touch with his emotions, although we're getting there. How can we encourage men to be more open and to connect? It's the million dollar question, isn't it? Because I think this is this is what is widely being discussed now, particularly in my field. Suddenly it's come alive that men have this this challenge, particularly showing up around suicide rates, that three and four suicides come from men. And there's this connection to the fact that men don't express, we don't talk, 
we don't feel. Where I start with all this is that this is definitely not an attack on, on the masculine. This is not to say you need to stop being the strong, clap, like focused, brave warrior of a man that you are. You need to bin all that and you need to start becoming soft and talk to me about your feelings all the time. It's like, hey, I see that warrior in you. I see that focused, driven, purposeful man that you are. But I want you to know that there can also be another side to you as well. And there is a time and a place for you to be your warrior. And there is a time and a place for you to drop into your to your body and, and to be, become the lover, to become the man who can feel and who can create and who can express. And it doesn't take away from you being a warrior. It just allows you to be more of who you really are. And I think that the problem is, 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 as men for so long, we've been shown that this is what a man is. It's purely the masculine energy. You know, I think back in the 80s when I grew up, it was Rambo, it was Terminator. You know, these, these men never failed. They didn't sit there and express their emotions. They didn't feel sorry for themselves. They didn't have any problems. They always won. And that was that was the alpha. That was what we saw. It's so true, isn't it? When you're kind of listing all that, that's, that is, you know, the role model that, you know, we saw as men, as masculinity. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that we've gone all in on it. And it's purely that. And if we go all in on it, then we're missing huge chunks of what, of, of what we are. And for me, there was emptiness because I wasn't fully expressing all of who I am. I know you talk a lot about uh, living in fulfillment versus happiness. And I find this really interesting. How do you live a fulfilled life? Funny enough, like I, I feel like saying, well, we let go of our chase for happiness um, because they're two entirely different perspectives for me and it's not making happiness wrong but it's just understanding that happiness is very temporary and you know I could be happy one minute and I could get a phone call that can mean I'm sad the next if I'm constantly chasing happiness I'm constantly seeking quick wins like now 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 so often what we seek now doesn't truly fulfill us what fulfills me is truly tapping into the truth of all of who I am and expressing that and allowing myself to be it's making myself proud so when I look at myself in the mirror I feel like I'm, I'm on purpose. That's what fulfills me. And it's a much deeper um, sense, if you like. I love that. I've, you know, I've had so many conversations with women about these things, but I've actually, I've never had a, a conversation with a male about things like fulfillment and people just, you know, they generally don't really kind of go there or, you know, many men I know aren't really open to it. And I just think it's really refreshing hearing you talk about you know, fulfillment and like the importance of being, of connecting with your emotions as, as a man. And also I feel that that makes you, it makes you connect better with women as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's not forget, as I say, I started this work around sex and that was my draw. And I think many men don't, don't want to do the work because they don't really understand. They really think that they are who they've learned to be. Like, this is me. Don't try and change me. Like I know myself and so what we're really learning and, and realizing is that actually the way to bring this work into men is to perhaps, you know, let them know that this is how to have, you know, better sex, better relationships, to have deeper connections, to, to, to feel more fulfilled in, in your relationship. And that can be the trigger, the hook, the interesting part, because who doesn't want to have a better relationship? We all would love to have a better relationship. I feel like we're all work in progress. You know, you're learning every single day of, of life. You're constantly growing, constantly thriving, which is a huge part of what Femme Foundry is about and encouraging women to do that. I think it's so important to have, you know, this, this sort of conversation and, and really think about men's role in these conversations as well and how we can help facilitate them to get to that transformation. So going back to like, like men and fulfillment, you know, the rational mind that I talked about that thinks and works everything out, 
that that's not considering fulfillment. Like it's so short, it's, it's always switched in, tuned in to what can make me happy? What can I fix right now? Whereas fulfillment is a much deeper purpose. It's certainly not, it's not about the now. It's like I live by this philosophy now that says, don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want now, which is almost the opposite of how I used to live. It was like, well, what can I do now to make myself happy? The rational mind, like it's always scanning. Like I could eat this, or I could have that, or I could get drunk, or I could have sex, or I could, whatever it is, all these things that are instant. That's what the rational mind is tuned into. And all the time we're thinking that way, we're not dropping into actually our higher purpose and building the deeper relationship with ourselves where fulfillment lives. And that's such an interesting point. So you touched very briefly on this, but November is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. And that's also one of the reasons that we really wanted to get you on to have a chat to us. Also about how women can support men. Obviously, we're all about women supporting women, but, you know, it's a, a symbiotic relationship. We both need each other. Both sexes need each other. In terms of men's mental health, there are a few statistics that I found really, really shocking that I'd love to just sort of get your thoughts on and, and get you to talk about what you're working on in this area. So the big one for me is men are less likely to access psychological therapies than women. And only 36% of the referrals to NHS or talking therapies are actually for men. That's really low. It's no surprise to me, no pips. You know, like I show up in the space and talk about all this stuff. The majority of people I work with are women because they'll do the work. They're open to it. Again, like the rational mind, it doesn't want to, to consider the possibility of change. I'm looking at these statistics like, you know, men aged 40 to 49 have the highest suicide rates in the UK and three times as many men as women die by suicide. That is so, that's huge. It's a mental health emergency. Yeah, it's it's a big one. It's it's the whole masculine journey that, that I lived on, if I'm honest, that I was part of until the age of 30 and that. You know, right from an early age, men are shown how to be. You know, I can refer back to Arnie, Sylvester Stallone. Um, and we're also presented this message that success lies in what we achieve. It's what we're sold. That is the path. And I think by the time that we reach about 40, particularly, often we've got there. We've achieved everything we set out for. You know, we're, perhaps we're really achieving the job. We've got the money. We've got the house. We've got the, the wife, the kids. We've, we've done all this stuff. We're driving our fancy car and everything is there. But yet, inside we're empty then perhaps we might start going you know you're ungrateful you know what's wrong with you you've got everything why do you feel this way we start doing things to try and fill us up in some capacity you know we turn to the quick wins because we just want to feel something and in turning to the quick wins affairs gambling whatever it might be we get that hit that makes us feel alive but we're losing who we really are at our core who we actually want to be as a person And in that space, we're disconnecting. When we see ourselves in the mirror, we don't like who we've become. And we we don't know why. We're not connected to the fact that we've been pointed in this direction. Suddenly, we don't like ourselves. And and, and all this conversation is men must talk more. But there's so much shame inside of us that we, we hate the fact that we're even doing these things, that we're even being that person. How can we even talk about it? And the choice that we'd make is that we'd end it rather than face it all. Just even hearing from those anecdotes and those situations, like I, you know, I can identify so many people that I know, and that is sort of like a, a, you know, it's a path that a lot of people follow, and there's no wrong to it because obviously that is, it's what we as a society is have kind of expected. It's what we've conformed to. Also, men report lower levels of life satisfaction than women, according to the government's national well-being survey. That really surprised me because, especially at the moment, you know. Uh, well-being space is absolutely booming. We're all after uh, the pandemic really 
conscious of our mental health and our well-being and how we're living. But the fact that men have lower levels of life satisfaction than women is phenomenal. But given everything we've just said, you know, it's not surprising. It's not surprising. You know, ultimately for me, like life satisfaction lives in connection to our heart. And men are taught basically to disconnect from their heart. It's very difficult in this day and age, in this world that we live in, Instagram, you know, living in the Western world. I mean, not poor us because we have so much opportunity, but we are shown all this stuff. Like, this is what it's like to be successful. This is what you need. And we're so ungrateful for for what we have and actually the simplest things in life are what truly make us happy. So you do talk a lot about masculinity and a healthy masculinity. Can you explain what you mean by a healthy masculinity and how we can get some of our listeners to implement a healthy masculinity uh, within their uh, partners or themselves if they're listening? Because I just think it's quite an interesting term. So healthy uh, masculinity, um, weirdly, involves the integration of the feminine because the masculine alone, just the masculine energy, is limited. So the healthy masculine is, is allows the feminine to, to be embodied too, um, which goes back to kind of the terminology I used before, where the healthy masculine is, yes, sure, being that warrior, but also being the lover too, allowing yourself to be all of what, what makes you a human. But it's just going back to, to men saying, hey, surrender into to beyond that as well and, and look into what else is there because strength without kindness can become toxic, but strength with kindness is a beautiful uh, asset. And do you think that sort of both men and women can benefit from a move away from the more traditional gender stereotyping? You know, I, I talk about this from a masculine perspective, but someone could sit straight opposite me and talk about exactly the same, well, a similar path for women and that they are given these constructs as to how they should be and then how harmful they can be. And we do live in a world that rewards doing ahead of being you know we can't measure how much love is inside of someone but we can measure their car and their house and their success you know their job and we've gone all in on on um, on those measurable traits and we've missed what lives inside of us women are taught to be to be career driven now and judged on what they do and meanwhile they've got to be a mum as well and they've got to should have kids and they need to be flowing and loving and soft and gentle but strong and powerful and leaders too and it's like you know it's It's overwhelming it's it's overwhelming (laughs) yeah when the reality is you know men can be feminine and and women can be masculine and we have to allow all of those gender disparities to be welcome in both absolutely and you know femme foundries also it's not just women it's for anyone who identifies as a woman as well and uh, you know, I think that's it's really, really important to say is like, you know, we live in a world where you can be whoever you want to be. There's, there are no rules. We've torn up the rule book, quite rightly so. And, and I think it's a really exciting world to be in. Yeah, we're, we're just, you know, it's taken a long time. And I think, it, to, to be honest, everything I said is kind of contradictory, but I do believe that we do live in a world, that, and this is going to sound weird to say at this point, but it is incredibly safe now. When we feel safe, we can look at starting the self-actualization process of being all of who we are. But we do now live in a world that is, is pretty safe. We're not off to world wars. You know, we have created a, a pretty safe container that means that we can allow ourselves to express ourselves more. We don't have to protect ourselves and necessarily conform and fit in. There is, there is space now for more self-expression, which is a great thing. And have you ever come across any resistance or hostility from other men while trying to break down these stereotypes and encourage others to be more open? Not, not so much resistance or hostility, really, because I think deep down most men are like, I think what Benny's doing is good. 
but they just can't relate to it yet. They're just not ready there. So they, it's more just a blanking. It's more just a dismissing, like not my thing. But I think we are at the stage now where mental health and all these conversations are happening enough that they they, they, they recognise that there is some good in this. Absolutely. And would you describe yourself as a feminist then? Yeah, I would, because of the perspective that feminism is, is about empowering both. You know, so as long as we understand the word correctly, you know, I'm, I'm not about putting women above men or I'm not about men putting above women. I'm about finding the benefits and the beauty of both and empowering them both alongside one another. What do you think men could do to be better allies towards women in their lives? Stop, listen, surrender into calmness, peace, tranquility. Ultimately, what I'm saying is get out of your head, stop trying to work everything out, stop trying to fix, stop trying to live in that rational space and practice listening, being curious, not knowing the answers, having open, vulnerable conversations that can be challenging. Consider, consider how it is for other people. Absolutely. And I really actually, I love that answer that you gave and also just the, you know, the way that you delivered it as well, because it's like, it's really calm, it's really soft. And we don't often associate men with being like that. Have you ever had to call out men's behaviour towards women? I'm sure that I, I've, I've probably been toxic, perhaps. You know, I probably should have been called out. So yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, my, my journey has kind of fitted in with the times in that as, as the world has evolved and opened up and said, hey, men need to learn to talk more, I've kind of gone on that journey. So I've kind of moved with it. But before that, in my 20s, I'm 40 now. In my 20s, you know, I, of course, like I, it's, it's everywhere. It's normal. But I do feel like there is, there's more women are calling out men specifically, but I think also we need men to call out men as well. Like, especially if we're standing in, uh, you know, together with inequality and trying to make the world a safer place for men and for women, it's having the courage, isn't it? To say, actually, no, that's no, that's not okay anymore. I totally know what you mean. And I, and I, and I, I of course, I'm hundred percent with you. I think because of the nature of my work and, and how I communicate, if, if people have any kind of awareness, then it does, I don't really see it anymore. It just doesn't happen around me. Um, and I'm not really in those circles. It's not like I'm out in the pubs and parties anymore at 40. And so I, I'm in my own kind of little bubble. You're surrounding yourself with great people. I, I think so. Because you do have to filter out the crap as well. Do you know what I mean? You have to filter out the toxic people. If you're going on a journey, if you're doing the work, you have to take a kind of 360 approach and really look at who you are, what you're doing, who you're with, and, and really assess everything. I, you know, totally acknowledge it's a privilege to be able to do this work. We are very lucky that we live in in, in a world that we have sort of the, the time and the space to be able to uh, ask these questions. I think it's really, really important that I say this. That I think going back to that, this calling out, the nature and even the sort of the term of calling out, I think we immediately think it's like aggressive. It's like making someone else wrong. And I think a beautiful place for men to start is from a gentle place and just saying, hey, like, I know you didn't mean anything by this. But I think we could express that differently now, you know, or not because the moment someone is shamed, the moment we make someone wrong or bad, it's it's we're, we're polarizing. We're not helping the situation. That's such a good point. I'm really glad you said that. I think I totally agree with you on that.
it's you know it's challenging these things but in a yeah doing it in in the right way and as you say in a really calm and supported way and, it, and it's an it, it's okay right? the, the important part to and this isn't to provide an excuse for any men or, or any, any bad behavior but hurt people hurt people sort of you know when, when they're when they they've, they've got pain inside of them they will express it on other people and if we come at those people with anger and resentment and making them wrong and bad their pain just becomes more alive again and they become defensive and even more aggressive and you know we're just inflating it whereas if we can meet their pain with some compassion and let them know that we know that they don't mean anything bad we know that there is good within them you know we've, we've talked a lot about sort of expressing emotions and I know you know a lot of people who are listening and for those of you who are tuning in who were you know maybe holding a lot of stress or anxiety how can improving our physical health help with stress and anxiety and, and emotions because I know that you're really into your fitness yeah exercise is a, is a healer without a doubt speaking from experience the amount of times I've walked into a gym or exercised with a really cloudy head full of like duh, duh, I've got this and duh, 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 nightmare duh, 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 and walked out just being present again and just you know in a clearer space to go and do what I need to do now it's, I mean, it's, I can't, I've lost count. It's endless. When I exercise, it creates a space because when we exercise, we become present. We're there. We're, we're just doing what we're doing in that moment. We're not necessarily thinking. I mean, that's when like creative gifts come. That's when like things flow from me that I didn't have space for when I was thinking and creating problems and dwelling and da, 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 da. there was no space for anything else. So exercise is just, I mean, obviously it then releases endorphins and then we've got all sorts of the kind of the chemical side, but just, it's a presencing exercise. It's presence is a healer for everything. I mean, lots of us are sort of finding that our resilience is low at the moment. What can we do to begin to build ourselves up again after a really challenging time? Like the pandemic, like lockdowns, you know, freedom that, you know, we've been sort of locked up and but so much has, has happened this year in terms of like things have been taken away from us. Looking at that and learning from it, how can we build ourselves up and sort of, you know, I suppose build back our resilience? I, I would say, um, it starts with compassion for ourselves. You know, it starts with an understanding that we've lived in unprecedented times. We might not have achieved the standards that we set ourselves before. We might have fallen short of the person that we want to be. But listen, we've never been through something like that before. Um, so start with compassion. Give ourselves a break. What opportunity do we have? What can we do from here? How, how can we rebuild? Um, and just, yeah, surrender back into that space of what, what has happened has happened. Absolutely so. And I know that you have an online community platform with the work that you do called HeartSpace. Can you tell us why you set this up and a little bit about it? So um, I think most people have heard of Headspace, which is an app that helps you get out of your head. HeartSpace was designed to help people um, drop into their hearts, like stop, listen, um, feel. Um, so every day there's a space to check in with, with what we're feeling without judgment, you know, that you can rant, you can swear, you can whatever, just feel into what is present with you. Because um, so much of the work that I've, we've talked about starts with just connecting with your emotions. How am I actually feeling? And can I give myself the space to, to, to express that and allow for it? So it starts with that, but it's it's just a safe space for people to connect, to, to drop in with their heart, to listen, to grow, um, to connect with like-minded people, to feel safe. All these things that I feel are missing in society. So there are talks, there's meditations, there's connection exercises. And this is, for, is it for men and women? Yeah, I mean, again, majority of people join are women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I welcome all men, of course. Brilliant. Now, I know, obviously, November, it's also Movember, uh, which are, you know, really important charity initiatives. 
How important do you think their role is in driving a conversation and boosting awareness around mental health? Yeah, November's crept up on me big time. It's the second, isn't it? And I'm not there yet. Um, I, I, um, I need to sort it out. Um, my girlfriend is petrified of me growing moustache. I love a moustache and I love a beard as well. Yeah, I think they're brilliant. But I think it's also, you know, it's a playful way of driving conversation, isn't it? And boosting awareness. But do you engage in it? Is this an important month for you? What is, what's your next month looking like? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. so I've got um, some, some talks that I deliver around you know, particularly men's mental health because it's of November, November, November have kind of made November what it is, haven't they? Um, but yeah, like you say, I think the really important part to it is it's like we don't have to do anything deep. We don't have to take people into this scary place. Men can just express themselves and connect with this really important space just by having a bit of a laugh and a giggle and a play around with their mates and, and raise some money um, and bring general awareness alive, which I think, yeah, they've just done it in a really good way in that sense, haven't they? It's like, it's, there's still an element of like masculinity. Here's my moustache. Yeah. You know? How would you like to see men, you know, not necessarily adjust their behaviour, because I'm not saying that all men need to, but what would you like to see men do or become? If I could wave a magic wand in the, the male and masculine space, what would you like to see? I'll give a, a couple of analogies because this might help, but I, I rugby used to be my sport, very macho, very masculine. No, don't feel pain. You know, be tougher, be stronger than the opposition, be harder, um, drink more beer. And that's very much like we've created that Western culture. But when we look at some of the South Sea Islanders, the Fijians, the Tongans, the Western Samoans, they have this uh, facade about, not, not facade at all, actually, but they have this way about them where they're so tough, so strong, so powerful on the pitch. And you look at them and you think, God, these guys are warriors. Like, what, what the hell? Like, I've never messed with them. And then they come off the pitch and they're like poking each other and they're joking and they're hugging and they're kissing and they're expressing love and gratitude and they pray and they sit together in peace and quite and they dance around and they're like this antithesis of who they were on the pitch. And I love that analogy of, of that's what's possible for masculinity. You can be all of that stuff. We don't have to pigeonhole ourselves into just thinking a man is this strong, tough warrior. It's all of it. And that's what makes them so beautiful. And the second analogy is there's the film 300. Um, is it Leonardis is the leader? And he is like the ultimate warrior. You know, he, when he goes to war, his men follow him like without question. He is the pinnacle of strength. But when he comes home, he surrenders into his queen, his wife, and he listens to her um, intuitive capabilities he, he softens into her flow into her love her tenderness and he lets her be his queen it's like he doesn't have to be that warrior the leader the tough guy all the time that's his time in war but he also has love and tenderness in his relationships too and again you know these things are what poss what's possible if we allow if we allow ourselves because i believe that's in all men and obviously you have the Naked Professor podcast and a lot of people may have seen your Instagram images when you've stripped naked at various landmarks across London. Why did you decide to make such a bold approach? Um, desperation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, like I, I wanted to make an impact. I was desperate. I was desperate to get my message across. I wanted to be seen. Um, I'm a Leo. <laughs> I'm learning about astrology these days and Leos want to be seen and it's like my, my wounds as a child was I was the youngest child and I never felt seen and hurt and then shot car at 35 I'm turning up on Instagram taking all my clothes off going look at me um that's the kind of fickle see me answer 
Um, Instagram is it's a game, if you like. There's an algorithm in that sense. So I played that. The deeper answer that is very much true as well is that I wanted to represent my writing. I wanted to bear my soul. I wanted to let myself be seen, remove my masks, strip away the masks of masculinity. So it was about you know, uncovering myself and my writing, my message is very much about that. So it's like, here's a visual image that can represent what I want to talk to you about. And how did you get away with having the pictures taken without getting in trouble? <laughs> well, some really early mornings, like the sunrise is at like quarter past four, half four. And we got up so early and we were so patient. I just, I mean, dedication, desperation again. It was awkward. It was embarrassing. It's that excitement. It's the quest for impact, you know. It's the sort of, you're, you know, you're taking action. You're doing something. It's like, it's fulfilling, you know, and it, you're out of your comfort zone. And did did you have any funny reactions in person when people saw you? Um, so firstly, I, I always wore a sock at the front just to... Uh, <laughs> just to preserve your modesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an element of my modesty. But secondly, obviously, we, we did it when no one was around because we didn't want to be arrested. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and be respectful. And then thirdly, um, we were considerate, basically, and how we did it. However, there was one time we were in Bushy Park in, in Kingston, which is a beautiful park, and my photographer had a house, the photographer I was working with had a house um, that opened up onto the park, and there was only a few of them. And so, like, six in the morning, sunrise, beautiful, like, misty, sunrisey morning, we opened the doors and came out, and we were just sort of wandering around, and no one was there, and we were like, what is wrong with humanity? This is, like, the most glorious morning. Where is everybody? What are you doing? And we just couldn't work it out. And anyway, this Land Rover sort of came around, and we are like, what is that Land Rover about? And there was a guy out the top, and there was a deer cull going on at the time, and the park gates were locked and shut, and it was like, no entry, you'll be trespassing, it's against the law, and all this. But we had no idea, because we hadn't gone through the gates. We'd gone through the back door of the house, and there's only a few of them. So we had this awkward moment. Fortunately, I had my clothes on at this point, but the, the landlord, the guy, drove over, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? I've called the police. Yeah, I had to get out of there quick, otherwise it would have been a double telling off. As I said, you know, you host the Naked Professors podcast. You started off hosting it with the lovely TV presenter, Matt Johnson, and you now host this on your own. You've had some amazing guests. Who would you say has been one of the most kind of interesting and, I suppose, uh, rewarding guests that you've had on so far? Just answering, like, just intuitively what comes to me. I mean, our first guest was Davina McCall. And, you know, these conversations have come a long way now and they're happening all the time. But this was, I don't know, th- three years ago or maybe slightly longer. And four, I think. Four it was years ago, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and um, you know, Davina talking about her challenges and her struggles was really quite different. And we were sort of sitting there like, wow, like this is amazing. So that really stood out for me. And just like, there's so much truth inside of everyone beneath all the glitz and the glamour. Everyone has a story. And then there's the second most powerful one, which is just this real shock, but was with this guy called Jim Hamilton, who's a six foot 10 international rugby player, ex-international, who's tattoos. He was the the tough guy amongst tough guys. He was the enforcer on the rugby pitch. And he came on and we didn't really know, but we just had a sense that he'd be interesting to talk to because he touched on mental health on his rugby podcast. And this ogre of a man suddenly opened up to us about how he never got love from his dad and how it shaped him as a person and how he'd never talked about the stuff and, you know, how so much of his expression came from, you know, the challenges that he had. And he was only just learning about all this stuff. And actually, you know, he he wants to love and this kind of stuff. I don't want to put words in his mouth because they weren't exactly what he said, but it, that was the theme that I got, um, that we got. And we just kind of sitting there, kind of jaw dropping, like, wow, like it's so beautiful to have this conversation with this man. 
and it's just so raw and when people open up to you and you have those moments and you you know you really go there it's I love it I live for it you know I really I really do and that's also what this podcast is is all about now Ben at Fem Foundry we have our four pillars that we sort of we kind of live by they are mental health physical health financial health and spiritual health. So I'd love to know, and this is a little bit of a quick fire, your best advice for each. So how do we best look after our mental health? Making this short, then understand that we're not our thoughts, go beyond our thoughts, but that's where the magic lies. Love that. And physical health, what really works for you? What can you recommend for us to improve our physical health? I would say I go back to that that philosophy that I said, um, don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want now. The amount of times I've woken up and thought I don't want to go to the gym. And sometimes I didn't go to the gym. And an hour later, I'm still lying in bed feeling a bit average about myself. The times that I've got up and I've done it because it's what I know inside of me serves me. That, That hour after I'm walking out of the gym ready to take on the world. So... It's like we live in a world of instant gratification. Physical exercise doesn't always feel great until you've done it. How do you look after your finances? Because this is a really big one, especially for women, because women don't speak about it as much as men. Yeah, I think I need to listen to other people's advice on this one, if I'm honest. I've got a lot of work to do around money, and um, it's kind of a big phase of my life at the moment. Money and sex are still ongoing work for me. So I don't know. I don't know. If I'm honest, um, I'm learning. Um, I guess it, it, it all starts with learning your own value learning to value yourself that that was at the core of my wounds and it's probably something I'm still ongoing working with because money hasn't come back to me yet but it will and I believe that and I feel it and um finally spiritual health are you into your spirituality if so what what do you do what works yeah like absolutely everything I said or everything I feel I've spoken about for me is integrated in spirituality um I link it back into to going beneath our thoughts there is an essence, there is a truth, there is a, a um, an energy within us all that lives beneath our thoughts. And that, for some, I think started out as our spirit, this spirit. We have to get to know that to learn who we really are. And how can we connect with our spirit? How can we become more spiritual? And it's an answer probably the most people won't want to hear because they don't want to do it. But meditation, stopping, giving ourselves time, retreats, invest in yourself. A retreat is the biggest advancement you could ever make. I love that. Is there anything else that you're sort of working on or anything? that I guess like so much of my work is 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 summed up in the, in the mentorship program that I've brought alive. And that is, I call that find your freedom, because that is what the work I've done is finding like who I really am, finding the freedom to be myself again in a world that teaches us not to. So, yeah, I am just bringing that out, which I'm so excited about. It's like 10 years of my work condensed into six weeks. And of course, we can't transform everything in six weeks, but... I'm providing the template to help people go on this journey through that work. And yeah, I, I really hope that can be life-changing for, for people. Oh, well, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today on Profoundly. Thank you so much for your time. I've loved how open you've been about your own journey. And also you just bring such an interesting viewpoint on men and masculinity and, and also how we can all work together more in harmony, you know, to be better and to learn and to grow, to thrive. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Pips, it's my pleasure. I love these conversations. I'm so grateful to have the space to do it. Now, here at Fem Foundry, we are all about our pillars, mental health, physical health, spiritual health and financial health. Here is Chris Helenga with some words of wisdom on physical health. 
I'm so glad that I learned that quite soon on after my diagnosis, that moving my body. And I think exercise is sometimes a bit of a scary term for people, especially who feel like their body is really fragile and frail. So I think um, renaming it movement, just simple movement is much better. And it doesn't mean a rigorous workout down the gym. It means literally go for a walk. Um, and obviously that's, that then helps your mental health yeah. too. Chris Halenga there on Profoundly. And of course, a big thanks to Ben Bidwell, aka The Naked Professor, uh, for joining us today and to you all for listening to this week's episode. Do give us a follow at FemFoundry app at pips underscore Taylor on Instagram. Rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts if you can. Much appreciated. And do check out the FemFoundry app free on the App Store. That's it from me. Have a lovely week and I'll see you next time.